are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock, your host. I will be joined by Tommy Call III of 95.7 The Game. He is embedded in Mobile, Alabama. Returning the favor to me, I jumped on with him and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game a few times, and uh, he's going to jump on with me here today to talk about the Senior Bowl prospects. We're going to have our first draft related show here we've got some time we've got plenty of time next week to break down super bowl 54 and get more into that but it's senior bowl week and there's still going to be a draft no matter if the 49ers win the super bowl or not and there will be an off season there will be players coming and going from the 49ers roster so we'll get into that with Tommy Call the third momentarily. I do want to remind everybody you can find this podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps, lockedon49ers.com. Tell a friend about this show and all of the programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On NFL, co-hosted by myself alongside former NFL scout Matt Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email lockedon49ers at Gmail. A quick programming note, we'll not have a show for you Monday. I'm going to be out of town. It's my birthday, going to Lake Tahoe. I will not be back in time for a Monday episode, but we'll get into everything Tuesday. I'll have a fantastic guest, J.T. O'Sullivan, former 49ers quarterback. He's got a fantastic YouTube channel. The QB School breaks down quarterbacks, and so we'll talk a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes. Of course, we'll have a Wednesday 49ers-Chiefs crossover. We'll talk with Nick Winkler next week. It'll be a big week as we get ready for Super Bowl 54. But today, NFL Draft Senior Bowl. Let's bring on today's guest, Tommy Call the Third. You may have heard him on San Francisco Airwaves at 95.7 The Game. He also writes at 957thegame.com. Tommy Call, thank you so much for joining me from Mobile, Alabama. Let's talk Senior Bowl. Let's, let's get into the draft a little bit a week out from the Super Bowl. Yes, sir, man. It's a it's a fun little break. You know, obviously the 49ers season has been very exciting. A little switch up from last year where the Senior Bowl was a massive event. But, you know, what I, what I will tell you and tell everyone, and I'm sure you know about this too, that the Senior Bowl, in my opinion, is just, it's one of the best events, um, you know, not even media or someone covering it, just a fan can experience. It, it's it's truly incredible. This is my second year you're doing it, and it's something I kind of mark up on the calendar now every year to, to try and make it out here for some days if I can, just because it's just it's it's special. There's there's something about it, and the accessibility you get not only to players and uh, other you know people who are involved in this industry, but coaches, and it's just it's a really it's a really special fun experience, and you know I'm really happy to be able to sneak out here before we get into Super Bowl week. Yeah, I'm bummed that I've still never gotten to Mobile, Alabama for Senior Bowl week, and I've been to the Shrine Game. I've never been to the Senior Bowl. Usually I just can't get a week off of work and and do it proper, Mm. which would be really cool. And for a guy that follows the draft as closely as I have for a long time, I'm kind of bummed I've never gotten out there. But I'm glad you're out there and we're getting a chance to talk about it here. And I compared it before to the vibe of going to spring training. It's just the you can be around players and be around. You're you're next to people that you don't even know are super important people, decision makers. And you you might not even know it when you're bellying up at a bar or you're at a restaurant and there's uh, just all kinds of people in the industry around. It's just a really cool environment. 
Yeah, John Lynch, uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. I mean, they're all out here. Matt Rule is out here. And, uh, you know, it's just as much of a, a benefit to watch these players and everything, the networking and just uh, seeing these people out and just in public and things like that. It's, it's a football fan's dream. It really is. I mean, it, it, it fires me up. I was told before coming here it would be like that, some of the things that you just said. But, but seeing it, you know, you're standing there. I mean, Joe Brady was walking up and down around the, the sidelines. You know, the new offensive coordinator of the Panthers was there today. And you're just seeing these guys and John Schneider, and you're standing right next to them. And, and it's just – it's a very uh, – fun experience and it's like that for the fan too i mean it, you can get as close as really the accessibility the stuff that jim Nagy uh like puts your yourself in the position here the the director of the senior bowl it's really special man it's a, it's a it's a really really fun event so there was what 10 first rounders last year that were at the senior bowls a really good group what is the crop of prospects looking like in the 2020 senior bowl yeah, it's hard to compare because that's that's one thing that I definitely noticed right away that it's not a knock necessarily on this class. There's some really talented players out here. I mean, starting at the top with quarterbacks like Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, two guys that could potentially go top 10. And you have some other players that will definitely be in the mix for some top 15 first-round picks. But last year, it was just such a special crop of people. I mean, Debo Samuel obviously was out here, second-round pick. And then you just had, you know, Montez Sweat tons of offensive linemen quarterbacks i mean it was it was fantastic and then the year before that you have guys like baker mayfield and uh josh allen out here and things like that and it's just they've really really stacked up the talent and it's i, I don't want to knock this year or anything it's just hard to follow i think a year like last year but there's definitely some really some interesting players this year and you know talking about the 49 dynamic for that this position that they're in, they're not going to be able to grab one of these premier guys at the top of the draft like years past. So I think the Senior Bowl is an important event for them because you, you kind of, where they're going to be drafting, you're going to have to find your diamond in the rough. And I think Mobile, Alabama with the Senior Bowl is kind of your place to find that. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of day two, day three, and even into uh, you know later rounds and some undrafted guys from the Senior Bowl. But really the middle of the draft is where you're going to find a lot of the guys that came from the Senior yeah. Bowl. And then the Shrine game, you might get some of the later rounder uh, players. And um, the thing that I always loved about the Senior Bowl was the one-on-ones. I mean, that's, that's what's most fun to watch. And it's obviously skewed because the wide receivers, you know, it's, it's, it's an advantage to be a wide receiver versus a DB in one-on-ones or to be a defensive lineman versus an offensive lineman in one-on-ones without the rest of the offense helping you out or the rest of the defense helping you out. But have there been some obvious players to you where you're like, wow, that guy would look really good in red and gold or in any team's uh, offense or defense? Of course, there has been. And, and, you know, one thing about this year, too, and you talk about the one-on-one periods, I've been a little, I don't want to call it frustrated, but last year Kyle Shanahan is running practices. John Gruden on the other side is running practices. This year was the Detroit Lions and the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's definitely quite a different vibe watching a Matt Patricia run practice than a Kyle Shanahan, right, where they're working on a lot of uh, install and fundamentals where a lot of last year was one-on-ones. We got to see more of it today, which was which was pretty fun to see. But a guy that really, you know, screams out to me, and this is a guy I was interested in seeing coming down here, is Denzel Mims, the Baylor uh, wide receiver. This guy knew about his athleticism, and he really kind of put on a show on back-to-back days. And it's crazy to think because this wide receiver class in the 2020 draft is it's truly special. I mean, you're, you're going to have a lot of guys battling, and you're, I think we could see a record number of wide receivers taken in the first round type of thing, and, and Mims uh, could be a guy that could fall later just because of the talent where maybe in previous years he is a top uh, you know, 40 pick, something like that, where he's really putting on a show. The kid from Texas, 
uh, Colin Johnson, the 6'6 wide receiver, uh, got to watch Red Zone really up close and personal today, and he's just a machine. It, it looks like this guy, day one, will have a role in the NFL just because he's got that body control, and he was really it's, – it's unguardable. Like you said earlier, like it, these corners, they don't really get a fair crack at things, uh, which there has been some guys that impressed me, and I think that's a position we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Colin Johnson, it, it was almost unguardable for him because you have guys like Justin Herbert – throwing him the ball up in the air and he's just plucking it with with really no one in his face at 6-6. I saw some clips of Denzel Mibbs and he was looking like just a ball skills machine. He's not the most impressive height, weight, speed guy, but ball skills Mm -hmm. really jumped out with him. Uh, And there was another player, KJ Hill, that looked like he was beating people up in one-on-ones and and looked like the type of separator that someone like Kyle Shanahan might like at wide receiver. Yeah, he's definitely uh, – I feel like he fits the mold of these Ohio State players like we saw Terry McLaurin come out here last year and really put on a show. And even the other uh, Ohio State wide receiver that is here, um, Mack is, is the kid, uh, Austin Mack. He, he's been impressive in his own. He's flashed at times and had some moments where you're like, wow, I'm going to kind of highlight this guy. And, you know, uh, covering the 49ers and having a peek at what they're going to do in the draft, I think that's what we have to do at this point, just kind of have some guys on your radar. And I think K.J. Hill – and Matt both popped into that list because, like you said, it's a uh, you know they're they're these kind of like twitched up wide receivers that turn their turn their feet at such a high level and, and it's easy separation. And when you have a one on one with a corner like that, it's kind of easy to flash those skills. And I remember Debo last year out here, which is so impressive. It was almost overwhelming where I walked away from practice and thinking this guy's the best guy on the field, and it's almost not even close. Where at times it looks like. Um, you know, KJ Hill in a, in a stacked wide receiver group out here where everybody does everything a little different. He might be the guy that probably gets the most love when it comes to the NFL draft, maybe behind uh, Mims just because his athletic ability is through the roof. But those are probably, if we're talking, you know, power ranking the guys at the top right now, I, I would have to definitely include like the guy you said, KJ Hill. All right. I want to talk about some more prospects and get into what the 49ers might be looking at come draft day, because no matter what happens, This coming Sunday, the 49ers are either going to be trying to repeat starting the Monday after the Super Bowl, or they're going to still be trying to get that Lombardi number six. So the draft's still important, and I'm definitely not as connected to the draft as I have been in years past for obvious reasons, but we've got to talk Mm -hmm. a little bit draft and look ahead at, at some possible needs for the 49ers roster coming up. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's like blue, the color blue, and chew because you can chew it. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. That makes a lot more sense to me. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help your follow-through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. 
Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked on to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code locked on. One word locked on to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Tommy Call the Third with me here. We're talking Senior Bowl. He is in Mobile, Alabama. We talked wide receivers a little bit, and I think that's definitely a position the 49ers could continue to look at, maybe not in the first round, but it's such a deep class, so that really fits in with what the 49ers might try to do and, and pluck a guy in the middle rounds, maybe if they trade down and add some picks into that third, fourth yeah. round range, or even on day three could find someone to help them out and compete there at the wide receiver position. But I still think the 49ers are going to look at big people quite hard for that first round pick, whether it's another pass rusher just to make sure in case – this uh, injury situation with D4 doesn't continue and, and really derail mm -hmm. his career. I think you can always add talent on the offensive line, maybe a cornerback. Are there any players that are standing out at some of those positions for you in Mobile? Yeah, there is. You bring up some good points. And, you know, for the 49ers I, uh, fan out there that's, you know, really excited to, for the Super Bowl and things like that, think about what teams like the Patriots have done in the past. They really crushed the back end of the draft and kind of prolonged things like this, you know, uh, championship runs that go multiple seasons. And I think you look at the 49ers and you have to try to hopefully think in your head to mimic that type of production from finding guys like this. And, you know, I, I think something that's really interesting, Brian, that, that last year and the year before that, we talk about who the 49ers should draft. And we had a clear cut um, definition of the player they're going to try to get. They need a pass rusher. They need a wide receiver. Something like that pops to mind instantly where this year, the 49ers are so special because of their, their depth and, and their flexibility and their balance where I'm looking up and down this roster and, you know, we talked before this and I'm thinking, well, what are the 49ers draft needs? It's harder to kind of pop in your head as opposed to last year where we probably won't necessarily find that out until free agency and things like that. But I think edge rusher is kind of the sneaky one. And it's um, because that might be a surprise because they've drafted so many defensive linemen of the past, but a couple guys that have flashed to me that I've been very interested in, and the Pac-12 kid is a, a Bradley and I, a Utah uh, edge rusher, a little smaller, uh, not the longest arms, but he's been pretty fun to watch out here. Uh, and then the other guy, uh, Kenny Willickies, that tough, put your hand in the dirt, going to uh, try to run through you, mix in a pass rush here and there. He's been an interesting player. Uh, so far in this. And then there's one guy that uh, that has kind of stood out on the um, other end of the uh, the defensive line and that I don't think really anybody is talking about is uh, Trayvon Hill. He's a Miami um, uh, edge rusher. I try to look up some stuff about him and nothing, you know, there's not all these this laundry list of articles about how talented this guy is. 
But to me, you look at him and standing on this, this guy's body and the way he moves, getting out. You know, I'm watching first step and things like that because at the end of the day, you know, the first couple of practices, they're not in pads. And so you're, you're, you're watching technique and see if this guy can kind of prolong this or switch this into the NFL. That will translate to the next level. And just the way the guy carries himself, he just seems like he has kind of something to unlock there. And if you're talking about maybe adding a guy in the fifth round with the 49ers limited draft pick, I think that's the guy you star because I've seen him impressed with the body style and the athleticism and, and things like, you know, as simple as they are, small things like hand usage and, and footwork, uh, you know, in slow, in slow motion, if that makes sense. Those are the things you kind of have to watch, I think, in a, in a practice like this. And then if it can go into the one-on-one period. And to me, to me, it really has. And, you know, the one guy we're not, we haven't really talked about it is uh, the, the South Carolina rusher, Ken Law, who's, this guy's going to be a top yeah. 15 pick. And, He's in the, I mean, I saw him take a double team the other day and he just didn't move. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was jawing. Uh, this guy, I put his knee in the dirt and just held two guys up and just, I mean, he just embraces that. And it, the 49ers, I think would love to have a guy like that, but there's no way I don't think he lasts out of, you know, the 15th pick type of thing. Yeah. Kinlaw, I've seen the reps from him and just domination. And it's awesome to see, the good prospects show up and not be afraid to go yeah. compete. And I think teams love that. And it's, it's a really a, a quite a large box that you can go check off. If you're a GM or a personnel guy, when one of the top players shows up and then dominates as they should, and you can say, okay, he wasn't afraid to compete and he came out and he did exactly what he needed to do. He shows up six, five plus three fifteen. He's got, you know, big hands I and mean, just everything is, is as you would want it to be for this kind of a prospect. And maybe he would have been, a pick in the twenties. If he didn't show up at the senior bowl, now he can go in mm. front of everybody. He can be the star of the show all week long. And now there's no way he gets out of the top 15. Yeah. And listening to him talk to his story, his background, you know, that he, he dealt with homelessness and, and all this kind of a laundry list of, of, of things that could get in his way to get here. And he kind of went with the junior college route. And now he's here at the senior bowl and clear, clear cut the best player on the field, the most powerful guy, the guy that I think every NFL scout who is out here in Mobile, Alabama, wants to watch him and, and listening to him talk. Uh, you can tell he knows kind of the, the, the hand he's been dealt and the situation that he's in and really wants to capitalize on that. And I think that's why, like you said, he comes out here and really shows up. You know, I think that if you're going to be a, a blue chip prospect, this is your time where you need to be the best guy on the field. Like, like a Justin Herbert who shows up here. He should be, if he is deserving of a top 10 pick, the best quarterback on the field. Yeah. And it's similar for Ken Law when it comes to the, the, the defensive linemen where – uh, you know, he just was, and I, I was watching some one-on-ones, and because I'm interested, in maybe an interior offensive lineman for the 49ers, and seeing how they handled him. And uh, man, it was <laughs> it was pretty fun to see. Uh, seeing that kind of dominance from a guy like that is always fun in the one-on-one period. You mentioned Herbert there, and I just want to talk quarterback real quick. And the 49ers most likely will not be in a uh, in a position to draft any of these quarterbacks, and they probably won't even look mm-hmm. for one super late, and maybe an undrafted guy or something like that. But uh, it seems like there's a clear delineation from the top guy. Is is Herbert been absolutely the top guy there? And what about the other guys in uh, in Love and in Hurts? Have they helped themselves, hurt themselves mm-hmm. in Mobile? Yeah, Hurts, in my opinion, I, I'm not necessarily in love with the the, the player, the, the character, what he could potentially bring to a team maybe as the second quarterback. It's very interesting if you have a luxury pick in the middle rounds and you need that guy, that uh, a, a potentially a project. I think 
that is him. But I'm very, very intrigued with what I saw from Love. I mean, it, there's definitely some things there, and I'm sure once you watch him, you'll see uh, maybe the footwork at times doesn't match up, or the decision making at times is a little. Um, what, what is he? What is he doing? What, what's his process there? But at the top, the arm is just—it's absolutely unbelievable. And and the way he uses it, it, it is—he's kind of that modern quarterback where you're seeing different angles, uh, almost every different rep. It, it's something new from him. But Herbert is the guy to me that has looked like the best, and and I, he should in every way. I mean, he is that model, just a gigantic human, uh, whipping the football around. You could see the velocity coming off the ball here. And it, I mean, it's, it's been absolutely freezing cold and windy and the football is still really flying off his hands. And uh, he's kind of putting on a show, in my opinion, uh, all the, all the things about the footwork and the way he handles himself as a quarterback. And that was another question mark, I think, with him is, is who is, who is Justin Herbert, the leader, right? And uh, being able to be around for the interviews and after, after practices and getting a chance to, uh, to briefly talk to him and stuff and the way he's handling everybody, that's been really impressive to me. And it seems like he has kind of taken on that leadership role amongst enough, you know, these are some of the best players in the country who are leaders on their own team. And to me, Herbert's kind of been that guy, at least barking around where people, players and, and, and scouts and everybody are really flaunting to him. And uh, you see guys crumble in that situation. I think Herbert's really handled it well. There's two prospects that have really popped for me in the limited senior bowl that I've seen so far this year. And I'm going to go back and watch some more of these guys and and get really into draft mode later on. But it's going to have to be a post Super Bowl uh, draft push for me because I'm just I'm I'm way behind in the draft game. But uh, no doubt the Houston offensive tackle, Josh Jones. I mean, he's Mm. buried people in some of the reps I've seen. And he doesn't look like a guy that's going to get out of the first round could potentially be someone there. At the very end of round one for the 49ers, maybe somebody that plays some inside early in his career then goes and plays tackle after Joe Staley moves on. So that's a really intriguing name for me. And then uh, the edge guy who's an undersized outside linebacker slash pass rusher type from Michigan, uh, Josh is it Uche. Uh, he's only about, what, mm-hmm. 6'1 or 6'2, 240-something pounds. But uh, I like him off the edge, but I don't know if he fits exactly what the 49ers are looking at. What did you see from those guys? Yeah, those are two very interesting names. I think Jones was another guy that he was a kind of that hype offensive lineman where um, he, I, I feel, it feels like everybody in the, the draft Twitter community was talking about this guy. He was kind of had a lot of buzz, but the senior bowl was that opportunity to prove, I think somewhat you, like guys last year, like Titus Howard and things like that, where you're looking at these guys, like, is it as good as people maybe say? And he kind of showed that a little bit because the offensive line class here, um, Cushenberry, the, 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 the center from LSU, he's been impressive in my opinion, but outside of that, it's been a little different than years past where, uh, you know, you're looking for guys to prove themselves. And I think that, that um, the Houston offensive tackle, like you said, he's looked pretty well. He's, he's done well, and he's faced some talented edge rushers where they have some legitimate guys from the SEC and Pac-12. And coming from Houston, you know, having to handle something like that, he's very been interesting. And I think he's kind of cemented himself for sure as a first rounder. And then the Michigan, uh, there's been a couple of Michigan players here that have impressed me. I really like the linebacker Hudson um, has played well. And then Uche, if, uh, he, he's played a little bit of linebacker in seven on seven, which is interesting. And then I've also seen him, you know, with his hand in the dirt, doing some one-on-one showing he can rush the passer a little bit. And I was really impressed with him as a pass rusher. I mean, uh, that's a guy that I think that the right defensive coordinator, the right scout is going to find him and really use him to his best abilities. And maybe as a, as a pass rusher, cause I saw him, uh, man, he was cutting on a dime. Like he was really the, the way he was getting up the field and, and just angling right at the quarterback, which 
to me, those are, those are veteran style moves, right? These guys who are super athletic, right? They just try to run people by people. But if you get too far off the field, you're really out of the play. You're, you're not, you're using your athleticism against yourself. So for him to really be able to cut on a dime and get to the quarterback and find those angles or have an idea of what those are was impressive to me where I definitely had his name with a star by on the roster. Cause that's kind of, you know, like you said, kind of we're catching up on the draft process here in the Bay Area. Uh, and so I came out here. It's a learning experience, you know, to find out a little bit more about some of what I've heard of these guys. And he was a guy I definitely had a, had a star by his name on the roster at the end of the day. More with Tommy Call coming up. I want to talk specifically about the 49ers and how this offseason could go next. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League Spring Training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. And I can attest to it, going to spring training is awesome for any baseball fan. It's just a fun vacation, fun place to get away, great food. You'll rub elbows with baseball people and broadcasters, and it's just a really cool time. 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams, 75-degree temperatures, all 10 stadiums in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Meet the players, get autographs before games, check out the upcoming prospects. One of my favorite things to do, go prospecting, find out who the next Major League stars are going to be. Amazing restaurants, tons of bars, craft breweries, of course, tons of outdoor adventures and hiking, biking, and you can even check off some must-see destinations from your bucket list, like the Grand Canyon. Bringing the kids along to spring training? Arizona is a fantastic destination for families. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages. Horseback rides to games, activities, wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, and dude ranches. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. Okay, Tommy, before we speak specifically about the 49ers, and we kind of are because all of these guys are in the conversation. They're in the draft class. The 49ers are going to be doing their homework on all of these guys. Is there that one small school sleeper that stood out to you this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that you asked me about that because there's one kid here, uh, Kyle Duggar. Uh, he is a safety from Lenore Rhine University, yes. which is a uh, Division II school, I think, in North Carolina. And uh, I got to talk to him during media day. And, you know, I went to a Division II school. So, so seeing a guy play at this level, again, you know, dudes from the SEC and things like that, um, you know, talking to him about representing what it meant to, you know, come from a D2 school and play here in Alabama. Uh, this is a big, big safety and I was trying to imagine watching him play D2 and, and it's insane and they're having him play a little bit linebacker he's kind of that rover guy that every I think NFL team wants you know to, to, to find that role and he's been wildly impressive to me where I, I think he's gonna he might have helped his stock the most or he's been able to prove things you know he's been able to cover a little bit he can come downhill he was returning kicks he's returning punts you know he wanted reps at that and for him to be able to get these type of reps in this situation all over the field uh, you know, at the Senior Bowl from a Division Two. I mean, I think people don't understand how big of a difference that is. It's not like this is a you know this is a small school that still gets some D one reps. I mean, this is a, this is a very small university, and for him to be here uh, and and perform at that level and the size is translated with the athleticism. All right, I'm going to put a star next to that one. I really got to dig into the Kyle Duggar and, and watch him, and hopefully he works out well and gets invited to the combine. First of all, six one two seventeen. He's got some size to him. 
Yeah, what, one of my favorite parts about the Senior Bowl, just the football fan and me, the college football fan, is you look around the practice field and you see, uh, you know, USC, Texas, Alabama, University of Washington, Kentucky, all these big-name schools, and these guys performing Michigan at high levels. And then you're looking at this guy's helmet and you're like, what, what school is that? Who, who is that guy? And he's <laughs> making some of the best plays out there on the practice field. Yeah, the helmet, the the logo where it's like, I've never seen that logo in my life. What the heck is exactly. that logo? That's Yeah, I love seeing those guys. So uh, real quick, you're John Lynch. 49ers are on the clock. Pick number 32. You have to select one player that you think will still be on the board for the 49ers just from the Senior Bowl roster. Who would that be? Oh, that is a really, really good question. I, I think that a guy that... So I think the 49ers are in a position where maybe they do have a luxury uh, pick. And I don't know, you know, I think that Kyle Shanahan, I want to fire up this offense a little bit. And a guy that's been really interesting to me, and I just, if I'm him, I think he's going to be very successful at the next level. And it could be a reach, but for the 49ers situation where they don't have a ton of picks, I'd say they do reach for a guy. And that's actually the UF, USC wide receiver, Michael Pittman. He, to me, has been fantastic. Uh, talking to him in the interview process. He just says all the right things. Um, he, he's going to play special teams right away. And I think what Kyle Shannon, you know, then you have a guy to play next to Devo Samuel for forever, for this 49er run, right? You have your one-two wide receiver. And then you have, you know, Jalen Hurd, whatever he can bring to the table. But, you know, who knows if Emmanuel Sanders and these guys are all going to come back. So I want to keep that train, this offensive train rolling. And you put George Kittle next to uh, Debo and, and Michael Pittman Jr. And I think you have a dynamic, dynamic weapon group for Jimmy Garoppolo for hopefully, you know, a kind of a championship run here in the Bay Area. Yeah, even if you sign Emmanuel Sanders, he's not the youngest wide receiver. It's not going to be a long-term deal. That would give another rookie a chance to develop a little bit. And you'd be looking for mm-hmm. that X wide receiver to be a perfect match with Debo Samuel, who's the Z wide receiver who you move around and do a bunch exactly. of things with, I think that would be the uh, a fine option for the 49ers. I think wide receiver is completely wide open if the talent is there. Mm-hmm. And the three words that my listeners are going to hear me say a lot leading up to the draft in April is best player available. The 49ers are in that position where you can literally draft the best player available. And that is a great place for the 49ers to currently be. But they could miss a lot of... Uh, I mean, if if Eric Armstead moves on, they've drafted so many first round interior defensive linemen. They could go interior defensive linemen again. They could go edge. They could go wide receiver. They could go safety or cornerback. They could absolutely go offensive line. There's a lot of money in center, Mm -hmm. a lot of money in your tackles. You can't pay a ton of money to your guards. So maybe you have to skimp there or maybe you have to just have guys who can play both. And you have someone like Daniel Brunskill who could play either guard or tackle for you at a starter's level next year and maybe you could draft a guy who could potentially be a tackle later and start out at guard that's why uh, some of those players would be interesting to me at the end of the first round what do you think the biggest need will be come draft day for the 49ers and how would you attack this offseason with the free agents the 49ers do have coming up with like Armstead and Ward and some of the other guys that were undrafted free agents that come up a little bit earlier for free agency well I think the I hope Hopefully the 49ers can can kind of I, I've been just absolutely amazed with their ability to to bring guys up the depth and have guys plug and play and I think that kind of is a lot to be said for the development this, this roster what we've seen this year as impressive as the wins have come is the development so you have to trust maybe see, see some of these younger guys to play at the next level um, if some of these free agents decide to leave so that's kind of why I said all right Kyle Shannon here's a luxury pick at a wide receiver outside of that though I think you know. 
secondary is very, very interesting because I, you don't know what Jimmy Ward could do. And, and you, if you want to continue this, this defensive line dominance, it's funny because we'd like to, I think in years past, we'd like to make jokes about seriously another defensive lineman. Really, we're going to continue to draft defensive linemen. I think the people who are sour on Nick Bosa, you know, in the draft process last year, it was just because they didn't want to draft another defensive lineman. Well, well, what's been one of the most successful units on this team this year? What is one of the reasons you're in the Super Bowl? (laughs) It is that defensive line. So it's kind of worked out almost picture perfect. So if you want to continue that, then I see maybe they lean that way and the end of the draft this year, what we're seeing, you know, as we're starting to do, do research, it's, it's, there's a really good crop of maybe 12, 15 uh, good picks, you know, first rounder. Outside of that, you know, just because you're drafting the first rounder, it doesn't mean necessarily you have a first round grade. And if the 49ers, you know, they're sitting at uh, in the back of the draft of one of the last picks. Um, you're probably going to have to find a guy specifically to fit you. And who that is, is still, it, it's going to be, you know, it's still a process. We're going to find that out. So I think uh, definitely it starts with maybe, if I were to rank it, I would say I would go probably edge, you know, a, a defensive line. And then I would go um, maybe corner next or, or even a defensive back, whether that be a safety. And then probably offensive line, just because what we've seen with Kyle Shannon and how he worked this offensive line, you know, I, I don't think that Michael Glinchew's ultra-talented, Joe Staley's ultra-talented, but still it's, it's a group effort for them. So I think that you don't necessarily take a pick there. And the offensive line classes, it's, it's not – suspect but it's not it's not you know ripe with talent at the back end of the first round so I think you can find maybe a star defensive player late and like I said earlier that's what that's what the Patriots have done that's what some of these great teams who have dominated you know uh the the NFL over these past years well the 49ers have to kind of hopefully mimic that and it's a position that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch haven't been in but it's still you know as important as hitting your picks in the top 10 if you want to continue this this championship run, you need to hit those picks at the end. I mean, because money and things like that are going to start to dry up as you get successful, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to replenish talent. You're going to lose guys. You're going to lose coaches. You're going to lose people from your front office if you're really good. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's the it's a double edged sword because a good organization mm-hmm. is going to lose a lot of people, and you have to replenish that talent and and replenish those coaches and and keep the program rolling. So. You can only hope the 49ers are in that predicament in upcoming years. That is Tommy Call. You can find him both at 95.7 The Game on air and 95.7 thegamecom You can find him on Twitter at Tommy underscore I-I-I. Tommy, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, sir. Anytime. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. And I'll be back with you guys next week. It's Super Bowl week right here. Locked on 49ers.